Welcome back, everybody. We are the Baseball Dorks. I am your host, Fernando, joined by Ryan, Jesse, and Nick. Guys, it's opening day, probably the best day of the year. Honestly, it should be a national holiday. Um, oh, you stole, my, you stole my little banter at the beginning. I was going to go uh, on a rant about it being a national holiday. It should. If they call it America's pastime, they should like, just dive in all the way and you know, just make it a holiday, give everyone the day off. Even if you don't care about baseball, you get a day off of work. It's just, you know, it's, if, if you're going to commit to a sport being the national pastime, you got to go in all the way. It's a win exactly. for everyone at that point. You know, you, people who don't care get the day off and people who do care get to watch baseball all day. Exactly. 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 No is there. And I mean, like, yeah, opening day is my least productive work day. It's my least productive non-hungover work day. That's I wonder why they don't do it on the weekends. They should. I guess it just worked out this way. To like, they probably wanted to make sure there's enough room to like, if something like what happened with uh, the uh, the Nationals happen again, they have some like buffer room to still keep the playoffs on time. I think someone had mentioned this. Um, it, it would be such a good idea to have like Mets Nationals as like the first game, like the night before, like last night at seven. They've been PM, doing you know, that in the past. Degrom been... versus Scherzer, and they didn't do that this year. Yeah, I feel like they kind of switch it up. Some years they go one game by itself. Some years they've gone like two or three games on opening day only, and then everyone else plays the next day. And then some years, like this year, they just go everybody. But from what I remember, every year it's been during the week, which is kind of interesting to me. I wonder why they never choose like a Sunday or something yeah. like that when everyone's just kind of around. Yeah, like with the NCAA like tournament this idea. year, they started right. it on a um, they started on a Friday or Saturday. They started it this Friday. year. Friday, yeah, yeah and because usually it's yeah. been like on a Tuesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really smart that they did that for the, at least the first couple rounds. Um, have you guys ever been to an opening day? I haven't. I haven't yet to go to an opening day. I was hoping to this year, uh, but Texas was stupid and decided to put, uh, <laughs> um, well, actually, that, that's not for opening day. That's for their opening game here in, um, at uh, Globe Life Field. But I've just, yeah, I've, I've never been to an opening day before where, um, uh, Jesse, I'm sure you have. Yeah, I've been to one. I actually skipped my uh, freshman year rivalry baseball high school baseball game to go to the Cubs opening day and my coach went off on me Nick Nick probably remembers that yeah yeah oh coach uh uh, Randy that that was yeah coach Randy Z uh, he he was an angry little man but yeah do I regret it no but it wasn't fun uh what year was it yelled at uh that had to be 2010 okay yeah 2010 a while ago got it Got him, Ryan, Nick, have you guys ever been? I have not, no. Um, I mean, it's, it's usually cold in Chicago. It's, it was 30, <laughs> 30 degrees today. So yeah. it's like, you know, COVID aside, uh, I don't, it's a fun time regardless, but it's less of a fun time. 
Right, right. Yeah. I'm supposed to go on Sunday to the Cubs game, and it's going to be like 65 and sunny. So <laughs> that'll Lovely. be nice. Man. Um, so last podcast, we were talking about the Francisco Lindor um, trade, or not, not trade talks, but extension talks. Uh, and I, at the end, I made a bold statement. I said that just watch the night before opening day, the New York Mets and Francisco Lindor will work out an extension. And lo and behold, I look at my phone at around 11 PM central last night. And I see that Lindor signs a 10 year or sorry, agrees to a 10 year, $343 million deal with the Mets, which includes a limited no trade clause and no opt outs. So just some background. The Mets initially uh, came forth and were offering somewhere in the ballpark of $300 million. Lindor said, no, I want more. I want, uh, he wanted closer to $400 million. So in the end, it looks like the Mets offer ended up going up on that offer and offered him 10 years, 325. Whereas Lindor's camp ended up saying, no, we want 12 for 385. Which, if you listen to uh, the past episode either way you go, it's not a good deal. It's a, it, and we'll, we'll get a little bit further into that. Um, but, but it turns out that he ended up uh, getting the third largest contract in Major League history. Uh, surpa- he almost surpassed Mookie Betts. And annual, average annual value-wise, really close to Trout. But of course, if you look at Francisco Lindor, he is nowhere near the type of player, talent-wise. And... Uh, as Trout or Betts. So I did bring up the point that, yes, while signing Lindor to an extension would be good for marketability, especially in New York City, this was a bit of a far-fetch. This was way too much, in my opinion. Like, sticking around the $300 million um, uh, would have been a really good deal for both the Mets and Lindor, but now going so far over... Not, not liking this at all anymore. Before, I would have been like, okay, marketable, fine. But now it's, it's gotten to the point where it's way too much and it's gonna, they're going to regret it for a defense, a primarily uh, valued at, at defensive shortstop. Ryan, what do you think? I, I, I want to start, start with you. This, this is going to be fun. I feel like I've, I've kind of given my piece on Lindor, so I don't know if I even have too much more to add. This is even more than I expected him to get, though. So... So I think the question is, how much more do you hate surprising. this now than you would have before? <laughs> By how yeah, many I just, million? I, I just really don't like it. But I also, I feel like I am lower on Lindor than most because most of what I see is pretty positive about this signing overall from most people, or at least like neutral, or that it's a good signing for the Mets or whatever. And I definitely don't agree with that i think that it's a very high risk move and they only had essentially they were bidding against themselves in a market of one in a yeah one shortstop market with just lindor when they could have just waited until the off season when they would have had six seven eight different options three to four of which are elite so yeah we talked about this extensively but Elite and better than Lindor. You know, you have Seager and Story who are absolutely, you know, better all around than Lindor and better offensively for sure. Yeah. And And I'm, I'm maybe not as much of a, 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 not a fan as, as you Ryan, but I don't like this. 
just purely from a financial perspective, $345 million for Francisco Lindor for 10 years, $34.5 million a year on average is, I mean, it's excessive. I'm looking at his profile right here. His career batting average, 285. Okay. That's pretty good. You know, this day and age career, on base 346, career slugging 488, career OPS is 833 with an OPS plus of 117. And the What's, Mets are paying 34.5 million a year for a guy who's 17% le- better than league average on offense. Right. I mean, which if you look at those numbers by themselves and you accompany that with premier defense, yes, that's fantastic. I mean, don't, don't get us wrong. Lindor's a fantastic player, but the mm-hmm. thing is you're paying him for the next 10 years, not for what he's done in the past, which is something that a lot of teams have started to do more recently, um, which, which makes a lot of sense. Albert Pujols, prime example. Sorry, Nick. Um, okay. But, but yeah, like if, if, if you're paying him for, as I mentioned before, a guy who's primarily uh, valued for his defense for the next 10 years, and you're hoping that his offense continues to um, – not not be superstar talent for the duration of that contract, but at least be above average. Because um, already he's already like slightly in a, a slightly above average hitter. Then you're being steered in the wrong direction. Yeah, I'll try and play a little bit of uh, devil's advocate or baseball dorks devil's advocate and <laughs> defend it in the in any way I can. I I, I mean I think Lindor is the number one jersey seller this year so far. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. And I mean, he, like he is, he is extremely marketable. He is going to make the Mets a lot of money, at least for the next couple of years. He'll live up, he'll live up to his AAV for the next couple of years down the road. I, I don't think he will. And I'm not trying to defend like the strategy, but I do think this does somewhat set a precedent for the approach the Mets are probably going to take for the next few years. Uh, Steve Cohen's flexing that he has more money than God, as I said in the chat yesterday. And he, like for, for a century now, the Yankees have had this approach of we're just going to buy our way into being contenders and being the best and everything for, for a century now, like way before, like before our grandparents were born. And now and now the Mets are going to say, okay, we, we're going to go toe-to-toe with you guys. We're not going to be in the shadow. So I just think it's probably like a statement move. I definitely think they're going to regret the back half of this contract. I, like Lindor is going to live up to his contract for five years max, probably only like three and maybe not even in a row. But um, I just – if there's one good thing I see about it, it's a statement that the Mets are saying we can get a star, we can keep them, and we're going to be good. Yeah, and people always do say, like, you know, it's not your money, so who really cares? And that's not exactly the point because it's about opportunity costs and, like, who you could add if you didn't add Lindor and all of that. But I will say that Lindor presents a pretty high floor in my opinion like I feel like there's pretty much no chance that this contract is going to be a disaster because Lindor is so good defensively and that's not going to just drop off a cliff within like three or four years most likely 
obviously anything can happen. But if you're banking on something, he's probably going to be really good at defense. The problem is there is no upside in something like this because of the limited offense. So when you're looking at some of the other guys in free agency, you might actually get surplus value on giving them $300 million or at least a better chance on getting a good return on that, which then allows you to you know, upgrade your roster elsewhere instead of um, you know, having more money tied up in less wins um, with a guy like Lindor if his offense stays at that like 115 range. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this pans out over the next 10 years. Um, yeah, it's gonna my be goodness. It, it was, it was, I guess just before we move on, it was just so unnecessary. Like you guys were saying, we have a, just weird. Uh, a, an unprecedented class of free agents, of, of shortstop free agents coming up, where now those guys are just like salivating like crazy right now, knowing what, what, what Lindor got. Because we, what we said Lindor was the fourth um, best shortstop coming up. Behind Story, Seeger, and then uh, I guess we kind of flip flop Correa and Lindor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think Correa. I mean, I, th- I think I think Lindor's better. He's the safer bet. Okay, all right. So, but at least Correa and and Seeger are are going to be Story, Story very, and Seeger. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yes, Story and Seeger are going to be very well off uh, mm-hmm. this upcoming off season. Um, a few more extensions that we, I want to get to, uh, but, but, but before we get those to those extensions. Um, the Texas Rangers, they scored 10 runs today and still lost. And earlier this week, bad. <laughs> and earlier this week, they lost their closer to Tommy John surgery, Jose Leclerc, and they released Rugnet Odor, their longtime second baseman, and they released him while he still has two years and $27 million remaining on his contract. And instead, they opted to go with Charlie Culberson. Uh, AKA that's really uh, bad Swanson. You, that's really bad when you get cut for a journeyman veteran. Like if you get cut for a young guy, at least you can be like, all right, well, like they cut me for a top prospect or whatever. If you get cut for Charlie Culberson and you're making a lot of money, that means you're not the not in a good spot <laughs> if you're on tour. That's rough. Yeah, and uh, to give the listeners at home an idea of how <laughs> of what exactly Rugnet Odor's production at the plate was. Um, he has had an on-base percentage below 300 for the last two seasons, and he's only had an on-base percentage above 300 twice in his seven-year career. Above 300? Above 300. <laughs> on-base percentage, not batting average. Twice. On-base percentage. seven years. Yeah, I feel like that's just so abnormal. Like even low OBP guys are not that bad. That is like 99th percentile in terms of lack of OBP talent with Odor. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I but mean, he honestly, hit 30 home runs in 2019, guys. 30 oh, home yeah. runs in 2017. He's clearly valuable, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, He's got uh, a little pop. I'll sure. that. <laughs> he also he had, had 178 of... strikeouts in 2019, which was uh, <laughs> league leader. So, I mean, he had <laughs> tools. That, that, that's what kept him around is that he had the, those tools where he flashed like exciting power. I mean, we saw him hit some home runs into that like second deck in Texas. He did that a bunch where he would hit absolute moon jobs. The problem was he just couldn't get on base and just wasn't consistent enough and struck out too much. I do remember like seven, eight years ago when the Rangers like brought up uh, Andrews Odor and uh, Jerks and Profar, and they're just like we're set. Mm-hmm. 
Like we're gonna be. I feel like so Odor's gonna. Odor's <laughs> gonna be best remembered for punching Jose Bautista. I, I was about to yeah. say that. My <laughs> goodness, that and throwing that mean right hook to Joey Bats. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. After all said and done, you're right. That that is probably what he's gonna be re- re- remembered most for, which is ridiculous. Um, wow. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long summer here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, my goodness. Oh, um, sure. Someone has some happier news, please. Uh, Minnesota Twins go ahead and extend Randy Dobnak, starting pitcher, to a five-year, nine-point-two-five million-dollar extension with three club option years that could bring the deal up to twenty-nine-point-seven-five million. Um, I know we were discussing this in our chat, but absolutely love this for the guy. Uh, back end of the rotation type of pitcher. Uh, I, I know his big story, his big claim to fame was a couple years ago when he was uh, starting in the postseason against the Yankees. Uh, the, the year before that, he was driving for Uber, I think, um, and just uh, really didn't uh, think he would ever play baseball. Uh, uh, um, uh, not only again, but less in, you know, in the major leagues. And here he is uh, getting a multi-million dollar extension. Um, he's been solid not blowing anyone away by any means, but overall he's been a very solid pitcher has a career uh, ERA just above three has been above league average every uh, the uh, for both seasons that he's been in the major leagues. And uh, this is just like a nice buffer um, pillow contract for both the player that they have him long-term and worst case scenario, he ends up in the bullpen and he'll probably, he'll hopefully, hopefully be effective there. But the twins now have a, a guy that they're going to be, um, not exactly relying on for, for top production, but they know they can get innings out of him and that they'll have him under club control for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I am surprised that teams don't do extensions like these more often. To me, these are clear win-wins for the player and the team, and so I'm surprised they don't get done more. Like Whenever we talk about extension candidates, we're usually talking about stars, but I feel like these kind of mid-tier players are actually – some of the best to extend because yeah, like you mentioned, Randy Dobnak has this kind of crazy story where he was an Uber driver and whatever. So this is life-changing money for him. He gets 9 million guaranteed. No matter what happens, he gets that money. So that's like insanely important for him. And then that, so that's like the five years that covers all of his control that the twins had anyways. So it's not like that really changes much, except that it guarantees him that money. And then in exchange for guaranteeing it, the twins get a few, club options on the back end. So if he's really good, they get to keep him for cheap. And if he's not, then they can just let him go. And then they don't have to pay him that extra money. So I, I feel like that just like the player gets the security, the team gets the upside. It's just such a win-win that I'm surprised. Yeah, surprised it doesn't happen more. And this is a, a really good one for a good overall pitcher, whether he's in the bullpen or as a starter, he doesn't strike a ton of people out, but he gets a lot of weak contact and a lot of ground balls. So I, I feel like he could be, you know, at least a decent pitcher for a, a few years yeah only 26 years old too sure yeah why not and i and i think a good way to look at it is you know one war when above replacement is worth roughly eight million so 9.25 million guaranteed is uh north a little bit north of one war and to expect that over five years is completely reasonable um and, and I, I like the way you way you put it, Ryan. In um, you know, with these kind of uh, smaller smaller guys who they aren't stars; they're middle of the pack. They're not anything special. But you know, he could he could absolutely bring one plus WAR to the table. He could do that every year for five years. And if that's the case, then he's far exceeding 
you know, what the twins are paying for them. And yeah. there, Although, there are fair, these quick caveat to throw in there. The 8 million is like, if they are a true free agent, which he wouldn't have been. So he's probably, you know, not worth like those wins aren't worth quite as much, I guess, you know, like the team control that those salaries are suppressed, but even still like he's, mm-hmm. he, I, I, I get what your, what your point, where, where you're going with that. So. Well, yeah. And, and that's an important distinction is, you know, the team control, he wasn't nearly going to make, he probably wasn't going to make this much in, in arbitration unless right. he really did break out, but still what is nine, million over five years to the twins it's nothing it's nothing and then they lock up someone who is a who could who will very probably pan out as a back-end starter a long reliever type guy and hold down the innings which is not a bad thing to have this day and age exactly yeah for sure um and uh speaking about middle of the pack guys who got extensions nick (laughs) Your boy, David Fletcher, gets a five-year, $26 million extension with the Angels, which also includes two club options worth an additional $15 million. Now, he was still under control for four more years with the Angels, but talk about a, uh, a guy who hits for contact. Mr. Contact right here. A career 292 hitter. Won't hit you many homers, but this is a guy you can rely on to get base hits and get on base, which is super, super important. Nick, take it away. I love every aspect of this. I think he deserves more. I think he deserves a hundred million. No, um, you know he's he's very much like David Eckstein. Um, the uh, on paper he's a little bit better, but he's the same type of hitter. He's a guy who's going to put the bat on the ball all the time, leadoff hitter, and uh, he'll get on base uh, thirty-five times out of a hundred. And he's a solid defender that can play multiple positions. And he's, uh, you know, all the Angels players love him. So really just great guy all around. I think it's a fantastic signing uh, moving forward. And I'm really looking forward to what he can do in the years to come. Yeah, he's a really, he's a really fun player. Really fast, really athletic guy. And he has a feel for the game clubhouse guy. I mean, someone you want to keep around. He's I, I see him being like a clutch game winning hit here and there type of guy. Um, I don't have too much to say about him. I never watched him too much, but I, it seems like a really, it seems like another really sort of win-win deal all around. Yeah, very, it's very similar to the Dobnak deal where you guarantee yeah. the rest of their team control. And then in exchange for that, you get a few free agent years in the form of, club options in case they break out and become a star that's what the rays have done that a lot a lot of these teams the the braves did that with acuna and albies and have two of the most team-friendly extensions in all of baseball Um, so this is not abnormal but i would say it happens more with mid to upper tier players and i would like to see these mid to middle lower tier players get these contract extensions. I remember a couple years ago, Wade LeBlanc got one, and that to me was yeah. like the lowest tier player who could possibly get <laughs> one of these type of extensions. He's like yeah. the guy who gets DFA like twice a year usually, or just bounces around to a different team. And him getting an extension is kind of like the Randy Dobnak story. Just a guy who's like, yes, I'll take any sort of extension I can get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of these types of extensions in the near future. 
Um, I think teams are starting to understand that, hey, if you want to keep our payroll as low as possible, we'll try to get these guys early, which is why we see a lot of these uh, rookie players who haven't even played a single game in the major leagues, like Scott Kingery, Elo Jimenez, um, getting these contract extensions while they're still minor leaguers because they want to get them early. You know, the, the, and by they, I mean the, um, the front office wants to get these players on guaranteed money contracts early, uh, relatively cheap, and they know they have sig- significant upside. Um, and they get club options on the back end. Bingo. Yeah. Um, another extension. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that on, on that point that teams, well, I guess, and players too, with the CBA expiring, we don't really know what Ooh. it's going to look like mm-hmm. going forward. So we don't know if that's yep. going to change things, benefit players or teams, more young players, older players. Because right now, as we talked about, those club control years – the salaries are suppressed. And so that might change going forward. Is it going to change to where it's a total free market? Almost definitely not, but it's going to be something in between that and what we have now. Like we have to expect young players to start making a little bit more. So you have to wonder like what kind of players will be willing to sign extensions right now, this off season with possible changes coming. Um, Whether that's for the super young guys, the older guys, like who is that going to, in fact, it's just another wild card to throw into the equation this year that's different from most years. That's a very good point. Yeah, there's, there's a, it's, a, it's going to be a roll of the dice with a lot of these guys because you can get your guaranteed money now or gamble and see how the CBA turns out and see if that'll benefit right. you in the long term. For a guy um, like Dobnak, you take your money. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, without a doubt. That, that was a good deal for both sides. Um, uh, a potential contract extension that we might be – seeing in the near future um but with the way things are going maybe not anthony rizzo um i'd say aside from ernie banks he is mr cub fair to say yeah i, I think so yeah maybe yeah. i mean Anthony like yeah. Yeah. Who, who else the most famous cubs ryan sandberg ron santo but did it yeah ron santo Santos a good one okay okay sure but right. rizzo being on <laughs> the world series team does help him a lot that's yeah. what I'm, and and and, and that's my my point. Like as great as Santo and Sandberg and, and and Williams were, Rizzo was the beginning of the turnaround that brought a World Series to Chicago or to, or to the Cubs at least. Um, he so is the back, main guy from this group. Absolutely, so. I remember going back to games back in 2012, 2013. I was so excited. The team was the team stunk. It was just Rizzo and Starlin Castro, and then Rizzo was a guy like we were really excited about. Um, so back in 2013, do you guys remember? Go for it. Yeah. I was going to say, do you guys remember what you thought of the Rizzo trade at the time when the Cubs got him, when they gave oh, up Andrew Kashner? I, I don't I still remember loved if it. I liked yeah. that trade or not. I, 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 still I was trying it. to remember because <laughs> Rizzo, Rizzo, when he came up with the Padres, really slumped he and did. did not look good really at all. And, and Kashner showed a lot of promise as like this fireballing yeah. either late inning dominant reliever or more likely a starting pitcher. And so there was a lot of kind of like, was, was this a good trade or not? But, but really quickly it became clear that the Cubs got the better end of that one. But right when it was made, there was a, it was a lot of back and forth on who won that deal. Yeah, yeah. there definitely and was, I, but yeah, but, but I, I personally, I, I liked, I, I, uh, uh, I liked Rizzo a lot at the time and uh, I didn't realize how much I liked him until uh, he, he played, started playing for them later that year. And most times you take the hitter over the pitcher too. Right. Yeah. And he's just, he's such a lovable heart and heart and soul of the team for so long. He was here through the entirety of us being horrible uh, before we won as well. And it's just like, 
the Theo leaving was hard. If Rizzo's gone, then I just feel like that's the last of what built the championship program. I don't know. Or exactly. Oh, geez. Yeah. I feel like that they have to figure something out just because he, he means so much to them, but also like he's, he's not that great anymore, but still obviously good enough to be a starting first baseman. But I feel like he has more value to the Cubs than really any other team. Like why would another team really want to go out and, and sign Anthony Rizzo as a free agent necessarily? Like you, you wouldn't say no, but you're not going to have him at the top of your wish list, like a 32 year old first baseman on, on the decline. But for the Cubs signing him, for a few more years makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and to your point, Jesse, yeah, he was kind of like the mainstay um, in, in, in the Cubs lineup uh, or really on the team as a whole from the time that they were rebuilding to the time they got good and now who knows where they are right now. But um, he was also on a very team-friendly deal. A, mm-hmm. So back in 2013, he signed a seven-year $41 million extension, which at the time it was you know, him getting his guaranteed money but, um, you know, he became, obviously, he was worth a lot more than that. That's one of these now, deals that we're talking about. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it, it, it kind of loops into what we're talking about. Um, so now that his, uh, he's a free agent after this upcoming season, the Cubs went ahead and offered him a five-year extension worth $70 million. Uh, So another, um, I guess, depending on how you look at it, team-friendly, uh, but he still gets paid. Um, but if you look at Paul Goldschmidt, uh, who is roughly the same age as, as Rizzo and, and, uh, and has a lot of the same characteristics, like de- uh, uh, first baseman, plays defense, young 30s, um, gets on base a lot. Uh, he was given a five-year, $130 million contract by the Cardinals. So roughly half of what uh, um, Rizzo's being offered, roughly half of what Goldschmidt was being offered. So from yeah. the last thing we heard is that contract negotiations, uh, negotiations have stalled uh, for the time being because they're so, so far apart. Um, so you can look at it as Rizzo's being lowballed. He already gave the, the, the Cubs a, a very team-friendly deal to begin with. He should be getting paid. Um, but at the same time, you do realize like, oh, you know, he is a first baseman, um, 30, age 32 season, maybe 70 million is what he's worth. Um, Jesse, what do you think? Or do you think Rizzo should be um, leaning towards signing that five-year seventy million, or maybe asking for a bit more, or should he be looking more like to what Goldie got? I mean, I th- I think the Cubs are going to be willing to up it a bit. Um, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think he's gonna end up signing five seventy. I think it'll probably be at or close to a hundred when it's finally signed. I could see it being like 590 or something like that, 595 maybe. Um, But um, I think that the Cubs are definitely, they're definitely going like kind of waiting to see just how good or bad this team is. And I feel like they're really kind of like, they could be really good. They could have been really bad, but then they like at, uh, around the deadline or at some point in the season, they're going to know pretty much where they stand and what they need to do to, to help uh, make the team either continue to be good or tank and build again. Uh, so I think that probably factors into the Cubs not like not offering more at the moment. Cause if they're going to do a full tank, then honestly, why would you want to keep, Rizzo, why would Rizzo want to stay? And I understand we talked about all of the reasons it makes sense, but uh, just 
I feel like a lot relies on just how good or bad the Cubs are this year. Yeah, agree. Um, Nick, any thoughts? Uh, you guys covered most of it. Um, as a non-Cubs fan, um, I think he definitely comes off as Mr. Cub of this day and age, which which is an important factor. And yeah. I think, Jesse, that's a great point. Why would they want him to stick around during a rebuild? Why would he want to stick around? Um, I can absolutely see why they extend him. Um, and, I mean, if I were to put some dollars on it, I could see like um like a 6 year 100 million something like that just get him to the triple yeah. digits not not nearly as much as Paul Goldschmidt Goldschmidt has a little bit better of a batting average and and on base percentage and slugging maybe 10 or 20 points on each of those so you know, bring it down just a little bit for Rizzo and you know, it, it's still relatively team friendly. The dude's going to get on base. He's going to slug, you know, 25 home runs a year and, you know, first baseman that's kind of expected. So I, th- I think they can work something out where both sides are happy. Yeah. I can also see if the, if the Cubs end up doing really well and they're deciding that they want to build and contend, I could see them maybe, doing a higher AAV lower year total. Like if they want to do like 475 or something like that instead um, and know that they have, they're like in a bit of a short window. So again, don't need to keep Rizzo around when it all comes down, but maybe take that approach. Yeah, that, that's very fair. Um, and, and yeah, Nick, you, you brought up a really good point that, um, comparing Goldie and Rizzo, that uh, Goldie is slightly better uh, of a better player. So yeah, probably somewhere around the middle between where they are right now on Rizzo's uh, negotiations and where Goldie is. Uh, it's probably a good place to uh, um, to land. So and um, Goldie also got a very good deal for himself. I think that one. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like if Goldie was a free agent now, he might not even get as much as he is making. Um, right. so he might even have to bring it down a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say of, of the of the Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant, Rizzo is the one that has to stay. All righty. Now we're going to go into our 2021 season predictions. So the season starts today. A few games uh, have already been played. Um, so, uh, but still, that, that, that won't stop us from trying to make predictions because nothing is decided after uh, day one. Um, so we're going to go through our um, MVP predictions. Cy Young predictions, if we have any, and then if any of us have any bold predictions for this year. And then after that, uh, we already did our season previews in previous episodes. Uh, so then we're just going to jump into our playoff predictions. So we're each going to go through and say what 10 teams will make the playoffs. And then we're going to do our NLCS and ALCS matchups, followed by our World Series matchup, and then uh, predicting our champion. So let's start off with the 2021 season before we go to the playoffs. Um, MVP, last year we had Jose Abreu of the White Sox win the AL MVP, and Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves win the National League MVP, both first basemen. Um, Ryan, I'll start with you. Who will win the MVP for each league? I feel like we're going to be in agreement, definitely on the American League, and then we'll see. I guess we'll see about the National League. But American mm-hmm. League, you can't really bet against Trout right now, especially Mookie Betts no longer is there. He was his only challenger the last couple of years and stole one from him or not stole. He earned it, but took one from him in 2018. 
Um, so right. going Trout. And then National League, I will say – sorry, I have the hiccups. Um, I will go with um, Fernando Tatis Jr. I Ooh. think between him, Soto, maybe Freeman still has a case. I think Tatis just has the most upside. So if I was going to bet on any player to have that like nine-war season – it would be Tatis out of any player in the National League. There are other guys I would bet on to be more consistent. Um, someone like Freeman or um, I don't even know if there's an – I guess Soto. I would probably bet on those guys to put up like five to six war and stay healthy over someone like Tatis. But Tatis just has that insane upside that I guess I'll go with him for MVP. Okay, okay. Uh, Nick, how about you? Um, can't bet a, uh, against my boy Trout. Uh, I think he's going to win a- AL MVP. Um, <laughs> um, NL MVP is going to be real fun. Um, I think there's any number of guys that could get it. Um, I think my pick depends purely on health in that I think if Ronald Acuna can stay healthy and, uh, play 150 games, I think he could nab it. I think he could probably get a 45-45 season if he really busts out. Um, if he doesn't – am I allowed to do two? Oh, am sure. I allowed to do two Go options? For Go for it. I think uh, – I might steal another person's choice, but I think I think uh, kind of a dark horse option, uh, semi-dark horse, is uh, Corey Seager. Uh, I Ooh, think he's just going to continue what mm-hmm. he did in the postseason, oh, and sorry. he's just going to keep mashing, especially with that Dodgers lineup. Okay. Um, Jesse, before I go to you real quick, I had Trout in the AL and Acuna in the National League for the reasons already mentioned. Go ahead, Jesse. Oh, I wish I didn't also do Trout and Acuna. That's annoying. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> okay, but for for – Trout, like when I look at like the other MVP candidates, pretty much if I look at other like throughout all projections and like war leaders and whatnot, um, like for potential people, Bregman is in second, like everywhere. So I, they would like the ad, they could happen. I just don't see him ever winning an MVP over Trout. Like Trout's like, I don't know. Who would you rather have Trout every single time? I don't, so it's just tough. And then there's Rendon, Ramirez, Chapman, pretty much the American League third baseman against Mike Trout for MVP. So it's going to, it's going to be Mike Trout unless he has a really bad year. And Acuna is like, the NL's a lot more wide open, but um, I just think Acuna is going to be the best hitter on probably the best or one of the best offenses in the league. And, I just, I totally see him coming away with it. Yeah, fair enough. It's an interest, interesting that you guys all picked Acuna. Yeah. He wasn't even, I mean, the, obviously he's like one of the top guys. I wouldn't dispute that, but he wasn't really in consideration for me. But oh, I can yeah. see the argument, obvi- obviously. Like, he's unbelievably good. I guess I just worry a little bit about the strikeouts and on base percentage. Like, we're nitpicking. Not, I don't worry about those what, things in terms of him being a good player, but in, term, in terms of him keeping up with the best players in the league. Yeah, something I would is, like to see and something I hope I see is uh, Bryce Harper return to MVP form. I feel like baseball is extremely entertaining when Bryce Harper is really good. So it would just be 
that would probably be like the coolest run if it was him against a lot of these top dogs, but he's expected to be like 15th in war. So easily in range of possible players to win, but mm-hmm. I just think that would be super fun. Harper is right. awesome and still very talented. Yeah. Without Cy a doubt. Season. Cy Young's let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Nick, I'll start with you this time. Who's going to win the Cy Young this year? So last year, National League, it was Trevor Bauer. Um, the, kind of a surprising uh, Cy Young season for him. And then um, who won the AL again? Bieber. Bieber. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bieber. Biebs, What's course. a Bieber? That's it. Not, not Justin. Uh, <laughs> went ahead and won that. So, all right, Nick, who you got for this year? I'm going to start with the NL because I think it's a little more secure. Um, (laughs) Jake, eh, Jacob DeGrom. I mean, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Do any of us not have DeGrom on here? Just curious. I don't. Okay. Go ahead, Nick. I also have DeGrom. Um, So I have have, have DeGrom. It's like choosing trout. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, The AL is a lot more wide open. Um, I think if I were to choose someone and I, I, I will say, I don't think Bieber is going to repeat. Um, if I were to choose someone, I, I think you're going to have to come back to me. <laughs> I, I just, I have like three right. or four guys written down here. I can't, I can't choose a single one. So come, come back to me. Okay. Uh, Jesse, we'll, we'll go with you next. Did you, did you have, or I guess you haven't even said who you have yet. Did you have DeGrom as well? Am I the only person who doesn't have DeGrom? I think so. All right. My uh, somewhat, I guess this also is one of my bold takes. I think the Cy Young this year is going to be Walker Bueller. Right. I think I think he's wow. going to, I, like the Dodgers are going to have the best record in the league. So uh, most likely. Uh, or at least one of, for sure. And I think he's going to be the best statistically of the three-headed monster of Kershaw, Bauer, and him this year in that uh, rotation. And I think that alone, on top of uh, people hating to give someone a Cy Young three times in a row, I, I think like if they're really close statistically, they'd give it to Bueller. And I just see that happening this year because he's nasty. As long as he stays healthy, he is nasty. Um, AL Cy Young I'm going to go with the homeboy Lucas Giolito I feel like he's kind of next in line as these pitchers who seems to get better as the season goes on and better the deeper in games he gets Um, I remember he started a little rough but then he just started cruising and he just got better every single week and you started seeing that trend back in 2019 too so I think he's reached this top five pitcher in the AL status and he'll just in a 162 se- season, he's just going to be the best of all of them the whole time. So that's my pick. Okay. Ryan. I still think Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the American league and second best in baseball. To me, there is a clear separation between DeGrom and Cole and then the rest of the pitchers in the league. And I actually think that, Honestly, I would almost hear it like DeGrom by himself, then Cole by himself, then Bieber by himself, and then everybody else like well below that. Um, at least that's where I kind of view them. Um, and maybe I'm looking at more of like stuff, just 
as good as Walker Bueller is, he does not compare to DeGrom for me. And then same with everyone else in the American League with Cole. There are other guys who are good. Jesse, you mentioned Giolito. Um, there's a few other guys who Ryu maybe could compete or Maeda was close last year. But to me, Garrett Cole just is so much better than all of them. He almost put up a 40% strikeout rate over an entire season, a full season, the 162 in um, 2019. And that's just something that you don't see from anyone. I think no. maybe Ray, Randy Johnson was close to that at one point, but that's like, like Nolan Ryan. <laughs> yeah, like this is unbelievable stuff. Um, so I guess I'm just betting on talents and the guys who have been the best staying the best, at yeah. least for this year. All right. Um, so I also have Jacob DeGrom winning for the National League. Uh, however, my American League Cy Young prediction, Kenta Maeda. There we go. Of the Minnesota okay. Twins. I think Maeda is going to carry the Twins to uh, um, not only a Na- an AL Central title, but he's going to carry them deep into the postseason. And we'll talk hmm. about that in a bit. Um, Maeda last year was amazing. Uh, 32% strikeout rate, only a 4% walk rate. He, that guy, he does not walk That's incredible. anyone. 4%. Um, Both of and, those numbers are incredible for Maeda. When yeah. you watch Maeda, you would not expect him to have mm-hmm. a above thirty percent strikeout rate. No, not at all. He throws like ninety-two. Yeah, so but he throws uh, like five pitches. So yeah, like honestly, getting him away from the Dodgers was the best thing ever for him. Uh, yeah, now definitely. he he actually gets they, a chance to shine. Him in the bullpen. Exactly. Yeah, um, and I'm hoping that having. Maeda in that rotation will make Barrios better because I think Barrios, everyone's been saying like, oh, this is the year Barrios uh, breaks out. Um, but now that he's not being relied on as the guy anymore, I think that'll really help him out. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Kenta Maeda is my choice for Cy Young in the American League. All right, cool. Uh, so there was definitely some variability there. Uh, we did not share any of our picks uh, prior, by the way. Um, we're all hearing these for the first time right there. Um, any bold predictions? For 2021, I've got one. Um, if, if anyone else wants to go first, though, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with a bold prediction. Sorry, Jesse. Let's go, um, Nick. And this ties into my AL Cy Young vote. Um, I think the AL Cy Young is going to be no one that we had mentioned. Um, I think it's going to come from a non-first place team. I think it's going to be kind of one of those guys from the second tier who just just explodes. They just have a fantastic season. I'm so excited to hear this. Out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if I have a specific guy, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, come on. I thought you were building it up for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was hyping it up. So, and, and I think someone who could receive Cy Young votes might be... Jose Urquidy. Interesting. Um, and maybe I'll pick one guy from, from each of the divisions. Um, I also think, um, mm-hmm. I think Barrios is going to get a couple of votes. I do think so. I think this is the year that he puts it together. Um, and then from the AL East, you got to put glass now in the conversation. He was very impressive today. Yeah. Very, very stuff impressive. Was, stuff, stuff wise, glass now is as good as anybody. Yeah. His sustainability is questionable. 
Like, like the, the so- other, even even if he is healthy too, Nick. The other problem with Glasnow for Cy Young is that the Rays are going to limit his mm-hmm. innings just because that's what they do with everybody, much less mm-hmm. you know, their young studs. So is he going to have the volume to match some of these other workhorses? That's the thing with Cole too. Is he's going to give you as many innings as anyone in the league? And I think yeah. he's the clear cut favorite. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> But anyways, uh, we're, we we're talking. We're talking uh, uh, bold predictions. So, what what else do you guys have? So, uh, Jesse, we'll, we'll go with you next. All right, I will say uh, the Roy- I, I, This one, I've changed my view on the Royals, like making the playoffs. I'm, I'm not making that my bold take, but I will say I think they'll have a top ten offense uh, in the league this year. Um, <laughs> well, they scored I, 14 runs today, so you're off, you're off they the scored 14 run, Yeah, they scored 14 runs today, but, I mean, they don't really have too many holes. There's, like, upside if you have, like, Salvi, Carlos Santana, Whit Merrifield, Hunter Dozier, Benintendi, uh, Soler. Uh, what about the bottom three of their lineup, though? Did you see that? So that, that got a little bit rough. Yeah, that's true. They also, I mean, like Mondesi's still hurt, so that you're stuck with like Nicky Lopez right now. So, and Mondesi could be horrible. I, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting him to be pretty decent, and he's extremely fast. He's like Billy Hamilton fast. So if he could figure out the hitting piece a little more, he's very deadly. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just like that offense. I think it's underappreciated because no one's expecting anything from the Royals. So. They'll be a top five offense in the league. The Cubs are going to – the, the Cubs will be, and this breaks my heart, the hottest sellers of the trade deadline. Um, if they are – I want them to make the playoffs. I hope this doesn't happen. But if they're like two, three games behind in a wild card spot, they have so many MLB pieces that they can probably sell high on at the deadline that they might just do it. So. I'm just making that a bold prediction. And then I also think the Angels will have the best second half of the season record in the MLB. And I'll get more into that later. I I was going to say, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. All right, cool. I like that. I like those. Um, I just have one bold prediction. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are going to trade for Josh Hader at some point this year. Wow. Now Now that they lost Kirby Yates. That's um, a really yeah, good Brewer, bet. The Brewers would have to be really <laughs> bad, or the, get ma- major guys who are major league ready. Exactly. Where the Blue Jays have surplus. Exactly. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. they already There's have so a guy out, to fill outfielders. in. Outfielders. Oh, well, I guess the Brewers don't really need an outfielder, but. Yep. Although I mean, after watching the Brewers' offense today, it was you know I can see them being bad. <laughs> <laughs> they were anemic, so at least in, until the end, they were anemic. But right, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's, really, the Blue Jays could a good call. They could really use that. I mean, they had a um, the guys who closed the game today for the for the for the Blue Jays was it Romano and uh, Merriweather? Was that their names? Yeah, yeah. They actually they look those guys look pretty decent. They but do. I do agree. They, they do. They, they could they could use another established legitimate yeah. top ten. Right. Arm. Yeah. Like uh, um, those two guys could be like set up guys for for hater moving forward um and then imagine once they get once they get yates back uh next year at some point that's going to be really uh, it's going to go from a um a subpar bullpen to a pretty solid bullpen um yeah i would would love to see that for the jays ryan do you have any 
I don't know if these are really bold predictions. I don't, I couldn't really think of anything. I feel like usually I have guys who I think are going to be like breakout or better than expected, but I couldn't really think of any this year. So I'll just go with a couple bullpens that I think are just going to be really, really dominant this year. And like some of the best maybe that we've, I don't know, not as good as the Yankees recently, but like up there in that realm. Um, first is the Cardinals who have touched on recently. And we, when we've talked about them, I didn't even mention Ryan Helsley who throws like 101 miles an hour. Mm. And then in the past, we've talked about um, Genesis Cabrera who throws a hundred from the left side and John Gant and um, Alex Ray is the former top prospect who throws a hundred miles an hour and Jordan Hicks who throws 105 and Andrew Miller and Giovanni Gallegos. I mean, li- the list just goes on and on where they, they also might not have that top, five reliever but they have so many top 40 relievers it's ridiculous um and then the second team that is kind of in uh, a similar mold to the cardinals is the padres also just have so many good relievers they picked up a bunch at the deadline last year um uh austin adams they picked up from seattle and then added Mark Melanson in free agency this year to go with Pagan, who they traded for last year, and Pomeranz, who they signed. So just loaded in the back end of the bullpen. So I don't know if those are really old predictions, but just two bullpens that I think are going to be dominant. Although people expected the Padres to be dominant last year, and they were not. And had the trade for uh, Rosenthal. Right. Cool. Love it. Um, all right, you guys ready for this? Playoff predictions. So we're just going to go through, we're going to, like I said before, do we, we're going to pick our top 10 teams that will make, or the, the 10 teams that will make the postseason, And then, uh, well, well, we'll start off with that. Um, Nick, we'll start off with you. Who are your 10 teams, five from the national league and five from the American league that will make the postseason in 2021. Okay. So since you said the national league first, I guess we'll go with that. Um, I think starting with the NL East, I think the Braves are going to win the NL East. Uh, I think the Cubs are going to take the NL central. um, And I think the Dodgers are going to take the NL West with Mets and Padres as the wildcard teams. Um, So most of that is, pretty standard you know maybe maybe not the cubs in the central i think their offense is really gonna take off this year you know a contract year uh for for baez and chris bryant so i think they're really gonna pull through and they'll find a way to make their pitching happen um going to the american league pretty pretty standard um again i think the yankees are gonna win the east Ale Central, I'm going White Sox. I'm pretty high on them, even without Eloy. Um, I still think they have a dynamic offense, and they have uh, they have good uh, starting pitching. They don't have a ton of depth after their starting rotation, but I think it's still there. They have a lot of guys who could take a lot of innings, and they have a good bullpen, which I think is very important this year. Um, and then the AL West, I'm going to go with the Astros. I think they still have what it takes to win the division. And then my wild cards, I'm going to go before Kirby Yates. I'm going to go, I got to choose angels as one of them. Um, And then I'm very, I'm very mixed 
on uh, Twins and Blue Jays. I think one of them. If I were to choose one of them right now, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Twins. Like that. All right. All right. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Um, nationally, so Nick, um, I, I don't really differ too much from you. So I have yeah, Dodgers NL West, Braves NL East. I'd have the Cardinals winning the NL Central, mm-hmm. and then Padres and Mets taking the two wild card spots. Uh, I think uh, I'll just touch on the Cardinals real quick. Um, love their pitching, as we mentioned before. Rotation is stacked. Bullpen is very, very stacked. Uh, their lineup uh, does have some question marks, but uh, I mean, I know it was just opening day, but O'Neill and Carlson both hit homers today. Looking good so far there. Uh, and then I do think they'll trade for some offensive pieces as we get closer to the deadline. That'll really help to solidify that lineup there. So I think the Cardinals win the NL Central. American League, Yankees winning the East. The uh, Twins winning the Central. Astros winning the West. And then the two wild card spots for me go to the White Sox and A's. I still like Oakland. I still like Oakland a lot. Okay. Love them. Uh, Jesse, who do you got? All right. I just want to point out it's very interesting that I don't think anyone's had – has anyone put the Rays in the playoffs yet? Not yet, no. No. Uh, yeah. And everyone has the Braves uh, so far uh, beating the Mets in the East. I have Correct. the Mets winning that division. Um, and then I have the Cardinals winning the Central and the Dodgers winning the West – uh, the two wild cards would be the Padres and the Braves. Um, I just think mm-hmm. those. I, I think those are the, uh, probably the best teams. Uh, I have the Cubs, Brewers, Nationals, Phillies, and Marlins all like within just a couple games, but just missing the cut. Um, and yeah, I just think they'll go from four to one. The NL Central is going to go from four teams to one team in the playoffs this year. <laughs> Um, and then the American League I got the Astros uh, White Sox and Yankees uh, winning their respective divisions and again I don't have the Rays in the playoffs I have the Twins as a wild card and the Angels all right like that Brian what you got uh, my NL picks are the exact same as Jesse, so very similar to everyone where we're going Dodgers and I'm going Mets to win the East and Cardinals to win the Central and then the Braves and the Padres as the wild cards. I think the Dodgers and Padres are the clear two best teams and then the Braves and Mets to me are the clear third and fourth best with a big group after them. Um, and then the American League going with the Yankees to win the East. To me, they're the clear best team in the American League. And in the West, Houston. In the Central, I'm going with the White Sox. Um, the wild card, I guess I will be the one person to take Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be the Rays and the Twins. But out of there, you could really pick out of a hat, honestly, between Tampa Bay, Toronto, Minnesota, the White Sox, the Angels. Cleveland might be a small step behind, but they're close. Oakland's in there. I mean, there's so many teams that could compete um, for that last spot. This would be a good, a good year for expanded playoffs in the American league, because there are a lot of teams that are worthy and that are going to be fighting mm-hmm. for those last two spots. Yeah. yeah. I also put in that the Mariners will be a fringe team. Um, yeah, that was- I think, 
I think they'll I think they'll miss the playoffs by a decent chunk, but probably only like five six games. Like people are probably going to talk about them going into September as like a potential playoff team, but I then fall a little short or something. But they like I, they could they could. It's not a zero percent chance at all that the Mariners could sneak in. So you have them finishing above Oakland then. I, I didn't do the full divisional outcomes, but right, right. But it, but if, if 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 they're like a fringe contender, I mean, obviously they'll, they'll surpass the Rangers for fourth. But then if you're a fringe yeah. contender, that means you would have to be probably in at least third. So that interesting. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I mean, I I put I probably put like the Astros well on top of that division, but I'd pro- put the A's oh. and the Mariners like not far behind, behind, oh, but not so far behind. Okay. Got it. All right. Interesting. All right. I mean, Mariners fans would love to hear that. They would love to hear yeah. that their that their drought is finally over, or it's close to ending. I should say. Um, I've been a um, I've been a very vocal supporter of the Mariners in terms of being a fringe contender in previous yeah. episodes, so I don't disagree. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's go to the championship series. So we'll just do rapid fire here, since we kind of already discussed the teams that we like. Uh, NLCS. I'm taking the Braves versus the Mets in the NLCS. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Nick, what do you got? Um, NLCS, I'm going Padres, Braves. Cool. Jesse? NLCS, okay. Yep. I have the NLCS as the Dodgers and Braves. Cool. So a rematch of last year. Yeah. Hmm. Ryan, what you got? Um, I will go Dodgers and Mets. I think the best bet is the Dodgers because they're most likely to win their division. And then the next best bet would be the second division winner, which to me is the Mets. Okay. Just to, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to pick a team that I think is going to be in the wild card game because they could be a a one and done. So I did have the Mets in the wild card game, but DeGrom's going to be starting that wild card game most likely. Well, so I, I like, I, I like I my odds fair. there. I really like my odds there. And then uh, when you condense the Mets rotation to a, a postseason rotation, it's even mm-hmm. better. Um, so that's why I have the Mets going the Mets pretty far. always been a super scary team. What they could do with their rotation. Yeah. Cool. Um, ALCS. I'm going with Yankees versus Twins. Uh, yeah, I, really, I, I think the Twins will improve their team as we get closer to the deadline in their rotation and in their bullpen. Um, their lineup already, it can mash. What's, what, what's the, the nickname for their, for their, um, the, the middle of their lineup, the Bomba Squad? Bomba Squad. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, are you, uh, are you worried about Donaldson? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not counting on Donaldson at all. For people listening, he got injured on his in his first at bat of the season. Unfortunately, uh, poor guy. just doing Josh that Donaldson things. Yeah, oh, but wow. which is weird because he's yeah he's kind of now gotten this label as like kind of brittle. But when he was in Toronto, he was playing 160 games every year. Yeah. So oh, yeah. and when he was in Atlanta too, he played a full season. So it's just kind of recently, the last year and a half, that he's kind of his body's kind of falling apart. Yeah, it's really sad. It's a shame. Hopefully, hopefully it's minor, but. We'll see. Right. Uh, but Ryan, who do you have in the ALCS? Uh, I'd probably go Yankees-Astros. I think those are the best Yankees two. Astros, okay. All right, all right. Jesse? I got Yankees-White Sox. Oh, th- yeah. all right. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, if you guys have listened to a previous pod, you know where the White Sox are going to end up. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be in the ALCS in order to make that happen. And I think the Yankees <laughs> are the best team in that in the American League. So that's who they'd face. And Nick? Um, I think realistically it's going to be Yankees-Astros. But uh, I think in the name of uh, – Brotherly love, brotherly competition. I'm going to go Angels, White Sox. All right. That would be cool. <laughs> rematch that, would of, be cool. Uh, that would be rematch, awesome. <laughs> a rematch of the 05. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Pierzynski and the, the, the uh, drop third strike. I was strike. Say, remember the Pierzynski play. That was ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> terrible call. Still to this day, terrible call. Angels got I mean, hosed. What would they have done with replay? <laughs> You know, it's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a heads up play. It's a heads up play by Pierzynski. You gotta, you gotta admire him as, as a player, but I'm yeah, not. Except tr- yeah. Nick, your boy Trout, yeah. your boy Trout's up to that Trick right the now. umpire. I know I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone give their answers there? Uh, yeah, I think we're all good in there. Cool. All right, here we go. World Series yeah, matchup. Let's go. I have the Mets and the Yankees in the World Series. It'll be the first Subway Series since 2000, and I have the Mets winning the World Series this year. Wow. That's yeah. cool. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be, be fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Jesse, I'll cool go with you next for your predictions. Um, I have – where is it? Oh, yes. I have the White Sox beating the Braves in the World Series. I think the, the NLCS is going to be a rematch of Braves Dodgers. I think the Braves get the best of them mm-hmm. this time. Um, uh, White Sox pull the upset against the Yankees and ride that into the sunset. I just I don't I th- I don't necessarily think that they're the best team. I think they're one of for sure, but I just see them pulling it off. I don't have any statistical evidence other than that they're really good that, <laughs> to back that up. <laughs> Love it. Nick, what do you got? Um, I think, and and I I say this after already having chosen the Padres and the and the and the um and the Braves in the NLCS, but <laughs> I I want to say the Dodgers, but I didn't choose them. So uh, if I were to choose between the the Padres and the Braves, I'm gonna go Padres. I like their team. Um, and then in the AL, um, I'd love to see the Angels, but I think Padres, Astros. Wow. That okay. would be who a wins? fun one. Yeah, who wins? Who wins? I can't say the Astros. <laughs> you could. Right, so Padres win. Yeah, let's go Padres. Padres are my World Series winner. No, I don't like that. I like that. your methodology, Nick. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> so Nick thinks the Astros are going to win the World Series. Okay, Ryan, go ahead. I, l- I like how you just stumble into your, your text, yeah. just whatever you find along the way. It's a beautiful way to do it. I mean, the, the obvious caveat is that predicting the MLB playoffs when they are starting is very difficult. So predicting them now is way more difficult. But oh, yeah. No. I, I am going to go with the Dodgers and the Yankees because, to me, those are the two best teams. And then the, in the Dodgers' case, not only the best team, with a team with the most depth. So even if guys got hurt, they would still have a very good chance of going to a World Series and winning it. 
Um, and then I guess I would go with the Dodgers to win it all because to me they're you know, the best, most loaded team, and they have been for a few years now. And this might be the best team that they've had during that run or one of. It's definitely up there. Yeah. Ryan, you're too rational. That makes too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kind of, well, every, I, every single year it's like this. They have finally been like better. This is the best Dodgers team yet. <laughs> just every single year, like this team is so much better than last year's team. Well, the, this and they're is what makes so good. this is what makes baseball really fun, though, is that as rational as you can get about it, when you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Actually, this isn't the NBA where you look at like right now and you're like, oh, it's going to be the Nets versus probably the Lakers or the Clippers or something like that. Like in baseball. The Nationals had no business beating the Dodgers two years ago or the, or the Astros, and they did. They won the World Series. And there's been a ton of those teams like that who should not have won a World Series. The Royals in 2014 and 2015 had no business being one of the best teams in the league. All the statistics said they were a middle-of-the-pack team. Yet they won their division both years. They dominated in, in the playoffs. There was no reason why they should have been good, but they were. And that's just kind of the weird – of baseball which makes it so incredible because you can't just dissect it in terms of numbers and that's like the 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 fun way to break it down because it gives you the best chance and you want to obviously like that's why analytics is such a big part of it because you want to give yourself the best chance to win but even if you are you're still i don't know a 65 percent favorite something like that that gives the other team a very good chance yeah baseball is weird well said amen so there we go. That's our uh, prediction, our, our playoff predictions for 2021, including our World Series picks. We'll see how accurate we are by the time we actually get there. Um, so about a week ago, yeah, about a, little, about a little over a week ago, we did our 2021 fantasy draft. And everyone, uh, Ryan, Jesse, Nick, and I are all in one league together, along with uh, um, a group of, uh, what, eight other guys? It's a 12-person league that we got going, Jesse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 12-person yeah. league. Cool. Um, so just really quickly, just want to recap guys, what, um, I guess if you guys want to say like some, some guys from your teams, uh, which pick were you most proud of, which like, it could be a, a late round pick or a guy you snagged early. Um, just, we can go ahead and start with you. Uh, tell us about your team. Like what you, what do you like? What are you liking? For sure. The guy that I, I got that I was surprised surprised when I saw his name that he was as low as he was I think I got him in like the 11th or 12th round but um I Charlie Blackman like just two years ago he was like he had like the highest fantasy points of any player maybe that was 2018 but he's been extremely productive and for like last year and whenever he's playing if he's healthy uh I don't think he's he doesn't necessarily have to be as good as he has been, but I think he'll be like a top 10, 15 outfielder. And I got him so late in the draft. He wasn't even the first outfielder I took. I got Starling Marte, and I think Blackman's probably going to be better than Starling Marte. Um, the kick, I the pick that is sketching me out, and it was before his horrible outing today, was uh, making Clayton Kershaw my fantasy anchor my ace um Mm. i think as as i said earlier i think walker bueller is going to be the best of like the triple headed monster at the top of that rotation but i think kershaw we might start to see the beginning of the end i know how he said said he might not come back to baseball or 
whatever his uh, comments were. So I think he might be letting go a little bit and he'll still be really good, but I don't know. I, I don't think he would, I don't think I should have picked him as early as I did in like the second round or something. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I'll go next. Um, so I love, <laughs> I think my, my favorite part is my, my bullpen. I have Liam Hendricks and Ken Lee Jansen, two guys that will just rack up saves for you. Um, Ken Tamaeda, my Cy Young prospect is anchoring my rotation. Uh, I also got Zach Plesek and Sandy Alcantara to join him as well. Um, and I, was, I love my outfield too. Juan Soto, Michael Conforto, and Michael, Bra- uh, Michael Brantley, and Jesse Winker. Yeah, a really solid stacks. outfield overall. That's a really good outfield. Yeah, I'm loving that. And then I was able to snag Will Smith at catcher and DJ LeMahieu to play second base for me. So um, I think this is my and, – and Corey Seager at shortstop. So I'm really loving this team. Wow. I think this is my favorite – my my favorite team uh, that is not my work league that I drafted because mm-hmm. um, my, my, my work league that I drafted, I, I won't get into it, but that is, man, I got some really good steals there. Just to give you a, a bit of a teaser on that one, I have both Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber in my rotation. That's ridiculous. The hitting that you just mentioned in our league is ridiculous too. Like That outfield is four, three guys who are – all-star level players or better obviously Soto's a superstar and then Winker has that potential to be and then Seager on top of that and one of the best hitting catchers and DJ LeMahieu yeah that's and Justin Turner yeah I guess to cut to combat that I feel like my offense is also the strength of my team where I have Freeman Bregman Bichette Biggio Giancarlo Stanton and Ian Happ I guess are the best players like oh and Dever and Rafael Devers Ooh. um I forgot he was on my bench because he didn't play today because they got rained out um yep. oh and then Grisham too on my IL so pretty mm. solid um hitting all around my pitching isn't quite as good as it's been in the past I feel like but it's still um looking pretty decent I have Grinky, Corbin Burns Patrick Corbin who are solid top four and then um or to the top three, and then Soroka, who is injured right now, but should be back pretty soon. So overall, pretty happy. And then I guess the steal or the pick that I'm happy about right now is that Mark Melanson appears to be the Padres' closer, and I picked him in, I think, the last round or second to last round of the Unbelievable, draft. Unbelievable, yeah. And <sighs> he's on one of the best teams in the league and potentially their closer, so that's looking like a pretty good one for me. I'm so <laughs> mad lucky. because I was looking at him in the later rounds just because I needed a reliever. And I saw reports that he wasn't – he was going to be a setup man. I'm like – I just had a hunch. It literally was based on nothing more than a hunch because they have – some people thought it was Pagan. Some people thought it was going to be Pomeranz. I thought it was going to be Pomeranz. I was like, they gave uh, the guaranteed one-year deal to uh, Melanson. He's been closing recently, and teams seem to like him in that ninth inning for whatever reason. And so I was like, I'm just going to roll the dice and see. And if not, I can just drop him. And it looks like he – could end up being a very valuable reliever. Yeah, I guess I'll go next. Um, so I, much like everyone else, I feel like my offense is the, uh, the strength of my, of my team. I picked up Trout and Rendon as my one and two, which I have no idea how I got, but I'm really banking on the Angels offense. Um, and then to, to shore that up, I have Marcelo Zuna, Max Muncy, uh, Yasmani Grandal. And I feel like I have two X factors 
on my team. One is Randy Arozarena. Is he mm. going to continue what he did in the playoffs? Um, and then the second is definitely, uh, you know, we'll see how it pans out, but Trey Mancini, I picked him up in, in one of the later rounds and, you know, if He's he can produce, guy. yeah, yeah. If, if he can produce, that would be fantastic. Um, That's a super, super cheap 35 home runs. Mm-hmm. And, and cause, cause after, after that, it kind of drops off. Um, but my pitching, I've never been good with pitching. And I, after today, I had two starters in the first, in the first set of games, Woodruff and Kyle Hendricks, and they got me a negative two points. <laughs> so really not feeling confident in my pitching. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping guys like Urquidy can, uh, you know, Arkady and Bundy and Keuchel can, you know, step up and really take the reins. So we'll see. You know, it's a long season. Nick, I'm facing you. I'm, I'm facing you this week, so I really hope that your uh, um, <laughs> your trends stay consistent, at least for this week. And you're That's currently winning fifty to four point five. So <laughs> I love <laughs> Looking it. Pretty good. I love it. Cool guys. Um, yeah, it was it was a really fun draft. I'm glad we did a, a video call during it too. It made it a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, sweet. So uh, the last two things we have on our agenda today, we're going to do some over under for the 2021 season. I have seven uh, little, um, uh, pro- I guess, prop bets here to uh, to suggest in front of you guys, and then we'll also be doing our five man rotation. We'll be drafting our five man rotation finally. Uh, but before we do that, over under. So I, as I mentioned before, I got seven here to go through. Um, Gary Sanchez had a fantastic spring training and he hit a home run today on opening day, uh, looking to bounce back after almost as after essentially losing his job, uh, last year, didn't start uh, at catcher in the playoffs. Um, will Gary Sanchez hit, uh, I, I have it as 29 and a half home runs over or under Nick. What do you think? I'm going to go under. I think he's going to get injured some way, shape, or form. Okay. Jesse? 29 and a half. Yep. I'll go over. Over? Okay. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a big if, uh, but if he is healthy for starting 120 to 130 games, I think he pretty easily clears 30 home runs. Okay. Ryan? It's actually a good number because I do think he's going to bounce back and have a good season. So I was prepared to go over, but I don't know if he will get there. So I, I think I would actually go under. I think he'll end up in the high 20s, and I feel like there's a decent chance he'll spend, he'll spend at least a little part of the season on the, on the IL, which could impact his ability to get past 30. Fair. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm going to say slightly under as well. Um, he's hit – he's – Cleared that 29.5 threshold twice in his career, including in 2019 when he hit 34. Um, so, yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but, yeah, I think he'll finish, like, around mid-20s. That's, that's my guess. Um, if he was a DH, I think he could do it. But being mm-hmm. a catcher makes it tougher. For sure, for sure. Uh, Javi Baez. So, the prop that I have here is Javi Baez over under an OPS of 800. And to give you some uh, background, he's only done that twice in his career. And that was in 2018 and 2019. Uh, last year, had an, he, didn't, he didn't even get a, a 600 OPS. He had a 599 OPS. 
Um, so over under 800 for Javi Baez. Ryan, I'll start with you this time. Uh, I'm going over. I don't believe in Javi Baez in terms of a superstar, but I believe in him in terms of a well above average player and hitter. I think he, uh, the return of video this year is going to be key for him. He said that was a, a, a huge impact on why he was so bad in 2020, but now hitters can uh, watch video again in game. So I think he'll be above 800. Cool. cool. Jesse. Okay. I will also go over. Um, I think it's a really big year for him. And I, I see him, uh, I see him just mashing this summer. Uh, I'm hoping, I mean, if he's really good, then the Cubs are deadly. So I'm praying on it. I want it and right. I believe in it. So two over so far, Nick, what about you? I am going to have to agree though. I will wow. say, I think he's going to do it barely. I think he's going to get maybe max 820. He'll probably get around 805, 810, just because his on-base percentage is so low. Um, but I, I do, th- I do think he's a good bounce-back candidate, and I, I think he'll he'll push it over. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, I am going to be the only one that says under. Uh, I think pitchers have been really figuring him out the last few years. His strikeout rate ever since his uh, almost MVP season has just been increasing again ever since then. Uh, I think he'll finish with an upper 700 OPS, but I don't think he'll eclipse 800. So I'm going to say under on that one. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. coming off of a, an almost MVP season. Of course, just recently got that massive contract extension. Fangraphs is projecting him to win, uh, to have a six-war season, a six-win-above-replacement season. Over or under on six wins this, this year for Tatis Jr.? Easy over. Easy over? I think so, too. No. Nick? I don't know. I feel like I don't even have to ex- explain my reasoning no. on that one. <laughs> is, is, is everyone good on that one? Over? Yeah. I'm going to go over. over. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Fangraphs has him that low. I thought that he, they would have been like Is part of it playing down. time? Does it, does it have his playing time there? Because part of it might be they're like projecting some injury or something like that. Uh, I feel like a lot, a lot of the projection systems only have them playing like 145 games or something like that. That's a good point. They're pretty conservative there. Um, it looks like they have him playing 152. Mm. Okay. It's almost a full season. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Oh, but it's good to hear that we're all, we're all significantly over. Um, no hitters in 2021. So to give some background, in 2020, in a shortened season last year, we had two no hitters. In 2019, we had four, and in 2018, there were three. So two, four, and three. I'm setting the number at two and a half no-hitters this upcoming season. Uh, over or under, Jesse, we'll start with you. Um, what was the over-under again? Two and a half in, in 2021. I'm going to go – I'm going to go over. I think there's going to be three. Three hitters, okay. And cool. I think Lucas Giolito is going to get another one this year. Another one. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, it's weird that last year the two no hitters were by Chicago pitchers, Alec Mills yeah. and Lucas Giolito. <laughs> Alec Mills. <laughs> I love it. Um, Nick, we'll go with you next. Two and a half, over, under. I think under. I think there might be one. Um, I think if there are going to be two, I think there's going to be one regular no hitter, and I think there. M- there's a good chance there might be a combined no hitter, but I don't think there's going to be three. Okay. Okay. 
Ryan? I like that call on the combined no-hitters because we're seeing those more and more. Um, I don't have any reason to go above or below, so I'll just say above and go with there'll be three or more. Three no-hitters. That's a lot of no-hitters. I'm going to say above two, uh, (laughs) mainly because uh, the ball has been deadened slightly for this upcoming, for this season. Um, So the ball won't fly out of the park as often. More chances for the fielders to actually make plays. um, And therefore, no-hitters. Vladdy Jr., uh, super mm. young, what, 22-year-old, uh, now first baseman, lost 42 pounds over the offseason. He looks, he looks a, lot, a, a, lot, a lot better now, um, more slimmed-down version of Vladdy. Um, despite the fact that he hasn't lived up to the potential that everyone's been kind of hyping up around him, he still had a relatively good season. He's still been, a, been an above-average hitter in his two years in the major so far. Um, Vladdy Jr. finishes top 10 in AL MVP voting. Wow. Over, so over means um, that he'll finish 11th or worse. And then um, under, actually wait. Yeah. And then under will be um, 10th or 10th, 9th, 8th, and so on. So uh, Jesse, I'll start with you this time. I will go under. I think right. he. Top 10 I finish. Think, wow. I think he'll probably be like eight or ninth. His ceiling is probably like fifth. All right, Ryan. Wow, I, I, I love don't like I love Vlad a lot. Yeah, no, I, I I'm a big Vlad believer. I think one of these years he's going to absolutely break out. I actually was going to target him in the fantasy draft. I didn't want to say anything, but then someone snagged him super super early. Yeah, um, that was pretty early. But anyways, um, wow. And again, I've I'm super high on Vlad for this year too, but I don't know if he's going to be a top 10 MVP. There's so many good players in the American league. Like we're talking Trout, Rendon, Jose Ramirez, Bregman, Judge. Um, ah, let's face it. Judge is not going to play enough games to stay healthy. I mean, uh, probably to, not, to, but if he does, he's a contend. player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's five easy right there. And then there's other Four contenders that are in his category. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's tough. I don't know if I see it. I feel like I would go like he has that potential, but I would go that he's more in the like 10 to 20 range right now. Okay. I don't even so know if he's the best player on his own team. I think Bo Bichette has probably a better chance to be top 10. Ryan, I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no Bichette. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm going to go the over. Um, I don't think this is his year, but I think he has, MVP years incoming. All right. I'm going to go with Jesse and say under. He's going to be top 10. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, 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 is, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. The I thing do is, love like, him. And his, he came in with so five. much hype. He came in with so much hype, and he was still <laughs> solid. And not, not only so much hype, he was so young. Like, how do you expect someone like that completely. to really um, – so, yeah. And, 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 and now that, that – uh, um, he's been putting in more work in, 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 into his workouts and all that. I think this is the year he he, um, he won't reach his, his his ceiling, obviously, for for uh, a few more years at least. But he'll be top ten. The, the thing that's so impressive with him too is he he's so young, but his plate discipline is so good. Exactly. Like his his dad would chase everything, but he's pretty selective, and he walks for a guy that young. That's super impressive. His at bat, his first at bat of the season against Garrett Cole at, in Yankee Stadium. He worked a full count walk mm. against Garrett yeah. Cole. I'm telling you. He's good. Um, all right. The last two I have are Dodgers related. 
Um, the first one is um, that the Dodgers will have, it, uh, I'm, set, I'm setting it at two and a half starters, two and a half starters, that quali- that, uh, and these two and a half starters will need to qualify for an ERA title, uh, that they'll finish with an ERA below 2.75. Two and a half starters that finish with an ERA below two point seven five. That qualify, that qualify for the ERA title. Exactly. Yeah. So he's saying so not like not like a reliever or not a guy who throws like thirty innings or something like that. They have to be like a legitimate starter. Yeah. So two and a half starters that qualify uh, for an ERA title with an ERA below two point seven five. Nick, I'll start with you. Um. I'm going to go the slight under just, I think on that, you know, re- relievers aside, but you know, I think on that contingency of qualifying for the ERA title because they have so many pieces and they don't need to pitch so many innings. Um, I, I think they could get to, I don't think they get the third. Okay. Uh, Ryan. Nick, I think that's a good call because I think Dustin May is a guy who could definitely have an ERA in that range, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he will have the uh, innings to qualify. I think Gonsolin also won't have the innings to qualify. Even David Price, maybe, who's starting the season in the bullpen. Um, so the three guys who you're looking at would be obviously Bueller, Kershaw, and Bauer, and I don't think I see that either, so I would go under. Yeah, no, I'd say, I was going to make that same point. Like I don't think Urias and May, who – very well could do it uh how good they are are going to hit the threshold so i'll go under and there's no way kershaw bauer and bueller are all going to be um two seven five or less interesting one of them's going to be in the threes i really thought i was going to be the one take uh doing the uh the hot take and saying under but it looks like you guys all agree (laughs) interesting all right all right fair enough uh and the last one i have so pakoto has the Dodgers winning 104 games this year. Uh, The world champion Red Sox in um, 2018, who beat the Dodgers in the World Series, won 108 games that season. So I'll put the over-under at 107.5 wins for the Dodgers this upcoming season. Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. Um. I'm going to go oh, 107.5. That's a lot of wins. That is. Um, That's a good number. <laughs> I, I want to say over because they're so good, but they also share a division with the Padres. <laughs> And that's going to be a great split. And, mm-hmm. and there's also the NL just seems so competitive. Um. I'm going to go with my gut and say the slight under. I, I think 104 is a great number. Um, yeah. 104, 106 on the high end. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse, I'll go with you next. I'm going to go under. Um, I think that it, it, it would depend if the Padres are like right neck and neck with them, then they're going to probably try and win every game really hard. But I also see them – uh, if they have a pretty comfortable lead, putting the brakes on how many innings like a lot of their starters play and giving a lot of backup chat, they'll be, be very much a September call-up team if they have a comfortable lead in the division. So I think they're going to be willing to kind of coast in and just be happy with like 100 wins. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll just take 100. Okay. Uh, Ryan? 
Uh, it's a good number, Fernando. I could see either way, but I think I'm going to go under as well. I think they'll be in that 100 to 105 range. Yeah, that, that's that's fair enough. And and really the big reason why is because of the Padres, the fact that they're in their division and that a lot of people are even saying that they might even um, – not necessarily that the Padres will win the division, but if it comes to a playoff series that they'll, like, surpass them, um, that means that um, – they have to be a very competitive team. So those games will be really close. Um, and then they do have to face, you know, a lot of the really good teams in the National League East as well. Whereas where the Red Sox, um, when they won 108 games, their competition was a lot easier, to say the least. And then also coming off this weird season, we don't know, like, how pitchers are going to hold up differently. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, we don't really know. Yeah, which is mind-blowing because everyone's saying, like, oh, my goodness, like, the Dodgers obviously won the World Series last year. They were the best team, and now they got even better. So, of course, you'd be thinking, of course, like, they're going to win, like, 110, 112 games. But, um, all right, so we're, we're all on, on consensus there as well. Cool. All right, so those are the seven that I had. Um, draft time? Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's, Let's do, do, it. do this. Sure. All right. I got all the names right here. We're doing, we're doing this live, the pick, the picks. So, one, two three and four all right it'll be a snake draft five-man rotation first pick oh shit (laughs) uh me (laughs) wow rigged so rigged right (laughs) he's followed by ryan followed by jesse and then nick you get the fourth pick but it's a snake draft so you get picks four and five All right, with the number one pick in the baseball dorks draft. You got a rotation of five, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm taking Jacob DeGrom. What a surprise. All right. Ryan, you got the next pick. Yep, so uh, as I mentioned before, DeGrom's in a tier by himself. To me, Cole is the second best pitcher, so that is who I'm going with. Cool. Okay. I will just stick with my uh, old prediction. Uh, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Walker Bueller. Mm. Um, I I'm going to go with Giolito. Lucas Gelato. <laughs> Damn, I was hoping he might fall back to me. That sucks. And then for my next pick, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like Darvish. Darvish. Oh, Nick, damn it. Yeah, that's why I would have taken next, too. That just lowered my options so much. Um, I, actually, no. Uh, no one's taken Trevor Bauer yet, have they? No. Oh, okay. I'm going to take Trevor Bauer. Power hmm. outage. Ryan? Bauer? Okay, interesting. So no one's taken Bieber yet, right? Mm-mm. Not yet. He was he was number oh, wow. three on my... Taking board, my so guy. I'm, I'm going to go with Shane, <laughs> Shane Bieber. Yeah. The Biebs. So Ryan, your rotation right now is how my uh, rotation looks in my other fantasy league. Yes, it is. Cole Bieber, jeez. Oh, man. Um, okay, now we're falling off a bit here. Uh, no, actually, we're not. Um, goodness. I'm, I'm taking um, 
Kenta Maeda. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't even mention this in when we were talking about him earlier. He finished second in AL Cy Young voting. So if it wasn't for Bieber having a like otherworldly season, Maeda would have been the Cy Young. Maeda was second. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was really good last year. Hmm. Wow. We'll see if he can do it over a full season because mm-hmm. he didn't do it with the Dodgers, and then last year was a short season. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, so is, it, is it my pick again? It yeah, is. you get two picks. Mm-mm-mm. Give me. Mm. I'm stuck between two guys here, but I will take. I hope you don't take who I want. Mad Max yeah. Scherzer. Really? Mm. Okay. Well, that's who I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Solid pick. <laughs> to me, he's yeah clearly the best guy left. Mm-hmm. Are, are, you, are you guys taking notes? By the way, I don't, I don't know if you guys can see um, who's who's yeah. taking who. I just yeah, have I, my list and I'm visualizing it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I have it here. All right. Good deal. I'm good deal. It off. All right, Ryan, your third pick. Okay, I uh, I was just really hoping you weren't going to pick him, and I was going to be ready and just take Scherzer, but <laughs> threw me through a loop for a half second here. But I'm going to go with. Okay, let me ask a quick clarifying question: Are we talking about like the stats they'll put up this year, or are we talking about true talent? Because I'm I'm talking about Armand Marquez here. I, I, like, I, I was, I, I was I thinking about him my too. Own team, I feel like Coors pitchers are just a different category altogether because if, if he's on any other team, I'm taking him here, but because he's on the Rockies, like, are we doing, we're doing this, this like we're all playing on a equally hitter friendly, pitcher friendly ballpark, like just like in, in a vacuum. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. Then I'm going to go Marquez. Okay. Because okay. St- Stuff-wise, he's as good as anybody else here, but he yeah, yeah, is yeah. on the Rockies. Okay. That definitely changed my approach, but... Okay. Yeah, we probably should have clarified that. For sure. Okay. I'm going to take... I'm actually going to surprise myself with this one. I'm going to take Blake Snell. Hmm. Snelly. Snelly. Because he, I mean... He won the Cy Young recently. He's nasty. He, he was yeah. cruising in the, like, it'll go down in history that he shouldn't have been taken out when he did in the World Series. <laughs> he, like, he's, he's a beast. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I want him. Cool. All right, Nick, your picks three and four. Three and four. For number three, I like Jack Flaherty. Mm. And then number four, I'm going to go Brandon Woodruff. Oh, I was going to take Brandon Woodruff. All right, okay. Jesse, your fourth pick. I'm going to take Aaron Nola. I love Aaron Nola. He has New Orleans. Maybe the best curveball in the league, and he's always reliably great. So, taking him. Cool. Ryan? Uh, Luis Castillo. Despite getting absolutely <laughs> shelled today, it doesn't matter. He's a very good pitcher and has a decent track record to back it up. Cool. Let's see. And then my fourth and, and my fifth pick. Um, let's do Zach Gallen. Okay. And Still then, hunts me to this day. And then I will... <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Uh, and then I will wrap it up with... Okay, I know who uh, I want. Oh my goodness. Who am I going to wrap it up with? 
Let's go with um, if you take who I want again, I swear. <laughs> um, gotta have to make this. This is a tough last choice here. Let's go. Lamette. Hmm. Okay. He worried me a little bit because of injuries, but talent-wise, obviously, he's amazing. My guy is Tyler Glass now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. All right, Jesse, your last pick. I'm going to take – I don't think he's been taken. Steven Strasberg. Correct, he has not. He's not taken. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. <laughs> he's like he has the ceiling of best pitcher in the league, so I'll take him all day. And then Nick, your last pick. Last pick. Um, I'm torn because I I do really like Hyunjin Ryu. I think he has great stuff. Um, and I I think I'll go with him. Yeah, Ryu. I'll go with yeah. it. E- either him or Sonny Gray. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ryu. Yeah, I was All stuck right. between Lamette and Ryu at the end. Cool. Solid. So just to recap our, our, uh, our staffs here, I have DeGrom, Maeda, Scherzer, Gallon, Lamette. Ryan's got Cole, Bieber, Marquez, Castillo, Glasnow. Jesse's got Bueller, Bauer, Snell, Nola, Strasburg. And Nick's got Giolito, Darvish, Flaherty, Woodruff, Ryu. I just, try to imagine, I just try to imagine having my, like, uh, rotation in real life is just like you can't touch me. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Any of these five rotations would be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what the first thing that stands out to me about these lists is no what? Clayton Kershaw. Oh my God. <laughs> he completely just slipped under the radar. What? Isn't that wow. unbelievable? I like I was thinking about him, but I wouldn't take him over any of my five guys. I, I would. I would I would take him over uh, probably my bottom one of my bottom three. Probably okay, Ryu. So you so, so you actually would have Kershaw. I, I think I think Kershaw would displace Ryu or Woodruff. I wouldn't take Kershaw over Ryu or Woodruff. I'd if we're talking pure would. stuff, I mean Kershaw's just Kershaw, man. Yeah, I'd take Kershaw over Ryu. Yeah, it's it's close. You can make the argument either way. What a fall from grace. Yeah, but (laughs) still very good. So no one took Kershaw. No one took uh, Bundy. No one took Zach Wheeler. uh, Kyle Hendricks, Carrasco, Corbin, Corbin, Barrios, McBride. Yeah, Soroka, Corbin Burns. Yeah, Soroka. I was thinking about too. He's dope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just might be hurt. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see him return. Cool, guys. That was fun. That was so. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and post these to our uh, um, on on Facebook and then as well to our um, chat that we have going to see. And I'll post them blindly to see who who everyone prefers. Awesome. All right. Let's go Sounds watch some good. baseball. Yeah, let's, let's go, go Angels. Uh, <laughs> I've got Granky on the bump for my, for my fantasy team right now at zero zero. So gotta go That's watch good. the pitchers duel. Love that. All right. Cool, everyone. Baseball's back. Life's a bit happier now that uh, um, that we have a lovely 162 game marathon right in front of us. 
uh we'll be with you the whole Beautiful. entire season we'll be here doing uh episodes hopefully weekly could continue to do this and we'll get and now that uh the season started we'll be talking more about the actual performance rather than extensions and hypotheticals and and all that so uh it'll be a lot of fun baseball yeah. dork season four is just getting started um, oh yeah cool guys well we'll talk to you next week and by then we'll uh i don't know it, it, we'll, we'll 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 play more games uh moving forward i think that's gonna be a lot, a lot of fun to keep, uh, I think to so keep too. entertained sweet definitely cool well right. for ryan jesse and nick i'm fernando have a good week everyone talk to you next week Peace. Peace.